0: move among us this day, so that we, your people, may always feel in sense, your divine power and presence, for we need to know that we are never alone. And speak to us this day in such a way that we may always hear, understand, and remember. Give us your word by which you mold and shape our living, for we need your word to live eternally. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Then Jesus opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. So many people seem to think that when they come to church, they need to turn their brains off. They need to leave their brains at home or when they get to the doors of the church, they're supposed to take them out and check them. (laughs) Morning, sir. Welcome to First Church would you like to leave your brain with me before you go in? That seems to be what most people seem to think they're supposed to do when they go to church. Check their brain. Or when they come in, you see the pastor there, welcome to church, you won't be needing this. Rip. And out it comes. Uh, No. Please no. Few things annoy me more than this attitude. Then the attitude that you've got to check your brain at the door of the church and leave it there and not take it in and not employ it in worship and not employ it in study and not use it. Use all of God's faculties, including our minds. The atheistic claim that a religious life is one bereft of thought is a misconstrual, a misunderstanding. A perversion of the true life that we have in Christ when we are called to have the mind of Christ, the understanding that Christ would give us. One must use all of one's God-given faculties, including one's mind. Indeed, here in Luke's gospel, we find Jesus opening the minds of His disciples to understand the Scriptures. This is important. We're supposed to be active in talking, thinking, articulating, pondering, exploring our faith, in considering our faith, in reasoning our faith. The United Methodist Church has its beautiful motto, open hearts, open minds, and open doors. It's not just an empty motto. We mean it. We expect you to open your mind, not check it at the door, not pull it out and throw it away. We expect you to use your mind. The United Methodist Church employs the tools of Scripture, tradition, experience, and reason in articulating our theology. Our theology is rooted in Scripture. It is interpreted by the traditions of the church it is interpreted by our experience as Christians and by our minds, by our brains, by our reason as we understand and articulate the faith. We have freedom to think, freedom to differ, freedom to disagree. Guess what? You do not have to believe like I do. You do not have to believe everything that I believe. I want you to think and believe and exercise faith for yourself. You don't have to parrot everything that I say. In fact, if you did, I'd be afraid. Some churches are like a whole bunch of zombies. Yes, master, tell us what to say and we will say it. No. I want you to think. Learn how to think with the mind of Christ that Jesus Himself has opened to understanding the Scriptures. That is what my ministry is about, sharing the love and the presence of God and opening the mind of faith. Indeed I begin every sermon, every sermon with a prayer. I opened it today. Almighty God, move among us this day so that we, your people, may always feel and sense your divine power and presence. For we need to know that we are never alone. That's the message of the Good Shepherd that I preached several weeks ago. Move among us this day. So that we, your people, may always feel and sense your divine power and presence. That's the message of the good shepherd. Be with us, to shepherd us, to guide us, to take care of us. That's an important aspect in my own ministry, the ministry of real presence, to understand that all the means of grace communicate to us the very real presence of Jesus. The presence that moves among us to give us a sense of the Divine Presence, and that we are never alone. But it doesn't end there. That's not all of it. And speak to us this day in such a way that we may always hear, understand, and remember. Give us Your Word by which You mold and shape our living. For we need Your Word to live eternally. In Jesus' holy name we pray, amen. Those three words, hear, understand, and remember. They're all important. All three of them are critical. We must be willing and ready to hear, to listen, to receive internally. We can sit there and hear, and the words go in one ear and out the other, not intercepting any gray matter in between, especially if you've left it at home, friends. So you got to hear first. Understand, which means you process it. It takes your brain to do that. And remember. That also takes your brain. Hear, understand, and remember. And only Jesus can open our minds to the mysteries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can open our minds to the holy scriptures of the faith. Only Jesus can open our faith to hear, to understand, and to remember. That Prayer highlights how God enlivens our minds. We must hear, we must understand, and we must remember. No more taking our brains out and leaving them at the door of the church. No more pulling the brain out. And throwing it away, friends, you must keep it, have Jesus open it, and you must use it. You must hear, understand, and remember. So let's do that. United Methodist Church is not unique in this, but it's one of its basic characteristics is that it does its theology in its hymnody. The United Methodist Hymnal is an amazing book of theology. If you want to know what United Methodists believe, open the hymnal and start looking at the hymns. Look at the words of the hymns. Now, we sang two hymns today that most of you probably didn't know. You may have heard the tune somewhere, but you didn't know those words, probably didn't. They're two of my favorite hymns because they contain powerful theology. And the United Methodist Church does its theology in its hymns. And it's interesting to note, those hymns come from the entire spectrum of the history of the church, from the very earliest years in a few of the hymns, all the way through the early church, and then the Middle Ages, and then the Reformation, and then up to today, representing pre-Roman Catholic, Eastern Orthodox and Roman Catholic, Lutheran, Presbyterian, Episcopalian, Anglican. John and Charles Wesley were Anglican priests and even their dad, he wrote some hymns that are in our hymnal. Not just Charles Wesley and John Wesley, but their dad wrote some hymns that are in our hymnal. And then all the way up to today with some Baptist and some um, Assembly of God and Church of God in Christ and African Methodist Episcopal Church hymnody, some beautiful songs and hymns of faith. If you want to know what the United Methodists believe, take a look at the hymnal. We sing our faith. Now, unfortunately, so frequently, uh, some of the modern praise music doesn't have much depth of theology, but some of it does. And one of the songs that we've been singing as our prayer for illumination has beautiful theology in it some powerful biblical images in it i've had several people ask me about this song and ask me what some of the words are in this song which is el shaddai we've been singing it now for over a month we've been singing this now since we pushed through holy week it's a powerful song but what do these words mean? We're not singing in tongues, friends. This is Hebrew we're singing. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Elyonah, Adonai. Age to age, we're still the, you're still the same by the power of the name. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Er Kamkana Adonai, we will praise and lift you high. El Shaddai. Now, I, I adjusted it slightly from how we've been doing it, how it's been written, because that's the actual transliteration of those words. You can look at it in your worship bulletin if you wish, but it's right up there on the screen. Now, what are these words, El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai, and especially that mouth twister, Er Kamkana Well, let's go through it slowly. Let's start at the beginning, El Shaddai. El Shaddai, El Shaddai. There it is in Hebrew. El Shaddai. Now the first word, now by the way, Hebrew is written from right to left. Not left to right, right to left. And you see over there on the right, you see El. Now, I'm a human being. That is what I am. God is an El. The word means God in Hebrew. El means God. So every time you see that in Hebrew, it means God. Shaddai is another Hebrew word. Now together, traditionally, they mean God Almighty. Shaddai means the Almighty One, literally. El Shaddai, God Almighty. So the first words that we sing in the song, El Shaddai, El Shaddai, we're singing God Almighty, God Almighty, but that Shaddai has uh, several other meanings to it. Shad, the root from which you get Shaddai, Shad, is a fertility word. It's a word regarding nourishment, nurture. It's what mothers do. In fact, the word for breast comes from the word Shad. It is a motherly image for God. El Shaddai is a motherly image for God. Not just power, God Almighty, but God Almighty in that God has given us birth. God Almighty in that God has created us. God Almighty in that we exist because God has fashioned us. It is a motherly image for God. God Almighty in that God gives us what we need, nourishes us, raises us up, Strengthens us, feeds us, nurses us. (whistles) El Shaddai, God Almighty. El Shaddai, God the Almighty One. That's the first word, El Shaddai, God Almighty. What's this next one? El Elyon, literally in Hebrew. El Elyon. El Elyon. Notice I've taken the Na off. Why? Because Na goes with Adonai. Na is O in Hebrew. The exclamation O is Na in Hebrew. So El Elyon is the phrase. Is the compound word and it means God in the highest. God in the highest. El El Yon. And then Na Adonai. Now Adonai has two meanings. The first meaning is simply the word Lord. Lord. Adonai means Lord. But it also has another meaning. In the Old Testament, in the Ten Commandments, it says do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, which means don't use God's name inappropriately. Don't speak God's name inappropriately. Don't use it inappropriately to curse someone. Don't use the word. Don't use the name. And in fact, the Hebrews took this as so important a prohibition that they stopped saying the name at all, including when they read the Old Testament, when they read their scriptures and they saw God's name printed there. They didn't say it. And By the way we're not talking about El Shaddai or El Elyon. Those are the other words that they would use often. El Shaddai, El Elyon. But his personal name, the name that he taught to Moses, his personal name they weren't supposed to say. That personal name is Yahweh and they weren't supposed to say it. So when they would see the name Yahweh written in their Hebrew scripture, Instead of saying Yahweh, they would say Adonai. So it became a visual cue. When you saw Yahweh, you said Adonai. So it's possible, there it is in Hebrew, Yahweh, but pronounced Adonai. So it's possible that Adonai means Yahweh. Alright, so... El Shaddai, God Almighty, El Shaddai, God Almighty. El Elyon, God in the highest, Na Adonai, O Lord, or O Yahweh. So that's the first part. That's the first segment there. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Elyon, Adonai, age to age, You're still the same by the power of the name. El Shaddai, El Shaddai. And now we come to the hard one. (laughs) And it's hard for several reasons. That's a long word in Hebrew, and that ought to tell you there's something wrong with it. Because, quite frankly, it's mangled Hebrew. Whoever did this transliterated it poorly, friends. (sighs) Er cham Kava, huh? Ercham kava, ercham kava, and it literally means "I love you." But more importantly, ercham kava is what a child says to his or her mother. "I love you, mommy," is the idea. Ercham kava, "I love you." As you say it to your mommy. That matches up with El Shaddai, doesn't it? The almighty God who gives us nourishment. El Shaddai, the almighty, to, to be blunt, the almighty breasted one who nourishes us and cradles us as a mother, cradles the baby. And our response, Chava, I love you. Wow. So, let's put it together. God Almighty, God Almighty, God in the highest, O Lord, or O Yahweh, God Almighty, God Almighty, I, or we, will love you, O Lord, or O Yahweh. That puts it together, doesn't it? Sing it with me. Jeff, get to the piano and get us into it. Sing it with me. song contains beautiful theology about who God is, about what God does for us, about our relationship with God, and how we are called to lift God high. In our living, in our proclaiming, in our preaching, in our witness, in all that we do and have and are, we are called to lift God We're called to be open. We're called to use our brains, not check them at the door of the church. We're called to be open, with open hearts and open minds and open doors, open in com- with compassion to all, open, open to the thoughts and the dreams and the hopes the interpretations that we would bring to the Word of God, that God would open our minds to articulate and open doors to receive all into the family of faith. That's what we're called to do and be. That's what it means when it says in Scripture that Jesus opened the minds of the disciples so they could understand the Scriptures. Jesus opened their minds, gave them understanding, gave them a base for interpretation and proclamation. And we are called to follow in that example. We're called to follow the God El Shaddai, El Elyonah, Adonai, Called to follow the blessings of Jesus Christ our Lord. Proclaim that we love God and lift him high before all. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. our Lord invites to his table all who love him who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy. and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, He promised to be with us always in the power of Your Word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which He gave Himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks to You, broke the bread, gave it to His disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is My body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave the cup to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ the come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at His heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. (laughs) and the glory forever amen if those who are assisting would come forward at this time hallelujah christ our passover is sacrificed for us therefore let us keep the feast hallelujah in your Been listening to a sermon by Dr. Gregory Neal, Senior Pastor of Northgate United Methodist Church and Rector of Grace Incarnate Ministries. Copyright 2014 by Dr. Gregory S. Neal. All rights reserved. For more information or to listen to other sermons by Dr. Neal, visit us on the web at www.revneal.org. That's www.revneal.org. You are also invited to visit us in person at Northgate United Methodist Church, 3700 West Northgate Drive, Irving, Texas, 75062. This program was produced by Dr. Gregory Neal.